Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with NYU alumni who served in the role of RA and listening to their journey of life after graduating from New York University. My name is Gabby and I'm tonight's co-host, a senior in media culture and communication from San Francisco, California. And my name is Tom Ellett. I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and the co-host for tonight's podcast. Gabby, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Let's hear a little bit about your journey as it relates to graduation in just another few weeks. I know, it's coming up. What's the plans? So I'm actually looking at spaces in New York City right now, looking for apartments. So that's exciting. I plan to stay here and continue seeking a career in media. Over the last few years and studying at NYU, I've really found a passion for producing. And so I hope to continue doing that. So I've just been applying to a lot of jobs, going on interviews, that kind of thing. So. Hopefully something works out too. Did you feel that the RA position has helped you prepare for this interview process? And do you ever talk about what you've gained and how it would apply to the world, the next world? Absolutely. There's so many transferable skills I find from being an RA and people love to hear about that experience and just kind of the interpersonal skills that you build in terms of managing conflict, ways to talk to people, way two different sides. I found it to be really useful and soft skills that professions find really powerful. What will you miss most about Wednesday nights at 9.30 at your <laughs> staff meeting time? Ah, oh, I will miss the community more than anything else. Just like the sense of feeling at home. Oh. Yeah, it's great to come home at the end of a long day and feel like there's always someone there for you. There's something about that community piece I hear from RAs often, and I think we'll hear it again tonight, about that connection you make with others and uh, also the folks that you lead on your floor. Oh, yeah, of course. Did you enjoy uh, 7A? Yeah, I love 7A so much, not only from the leadership and my co-RAs, but the residents as well, getting to see them at a very specific point in time, too. I feel like upperclassmen journey, it's a real turning point after you come out of your first year and decide where to go on from there. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you, and uh, we have a great guest tonight. Tonight, our guest is Sarah Mish, who served as an RA in Third North for Chris Tippick and Stacey Ulrich and Will McGrath during academic years 2010 to 2012. Welcome, Sarah, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you and where are you? I'm great. Really happy to be speaking with you. And I'm coming to you from my apartment in Astoria, Queens. A great part of the country to live, too. Sarah, it's nice to have you on. Thank you. Um, So why don't you tell us what you've done since you've graduated from NYU? Well, I've been primarily pursuing an acting career, but as many people know, you have to do a lot of other things along the way. So I've done some teaching and some choreographing for young people, which has been really fun. I've done a little bit of modeling. I've waited tables. I've kind of done it all. Oh, I tempt. That's another one. (laughs) Kept busy. (laughs) Excellent. Let's jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you study while at NYU? I majored in educational theater in Steinhardt, and I minored in dramatic literature. Were you involved in extracurricular activities outside of the acting world? Not sort of in the traditional sense. I would say that mostly I was doing the the main, I did the main stages that educational theater put on, and then also our program really encouraged us to create our own work. So I was doing a lot of that while I was in school, and we did a lot of student-produced stuff, which was really fun. Great. And what made you apply for the RA position? I had really great RAs my freshman year. Shout out to Sam and Partha. And I was a very, very homesick freshman. I'm from Las Vegas, and so it was 
a long ways from home and I was having a little bit of a hard time making friends and I always felt comfortable going to them. So I kind of liked the idea of giving back and doing that for someone else. That's really neat to hear that kind of transition story. We do hear it a lot, and especially in this day and age where there's a lot of loneliness uh, as well. What can you share, Sarah, as it relates to how you opened up your community? You know, how, how did you set the stage for your residents to interact and, and make people feel comfortable in that community at Third North? My perspective, and I don't think that this is more right or wrong than anybody else, but I always felt like it was more my job to facilitate relationships amongst them than for them to feel very close to me. Because particularly my senior year, I was about to be out of there, but I wanted them to have friendships and relationships that were going to take them through their four years because those are your people. So I wanted to help them find their people. And it was a lot about building programming that facilitated conversation and facilitated like having to do things together. I really encouraged them. We did Tower Wars at Third North. I really encouraged them to do those kinds of things together and supporting students also when they were had extracurricular events on my second floor. We had somebody who was in an acapella group and we went to all of his concerts. And that was one of our favorite things to do as a floor was to support him, but like to also do that together. That's great. Do you stay connected to any of your residents today? Not as much as I, I would like to, actually. It's just, it's actually, we tried, my first floor and I tried to do a little get together, but everybody's schedules are wild in New York and it's so hard to coordinate. But I keep in touch with people via social media and sort of see what they're up to. And they are keeping in touch with each other, which makes me feel great. That, that's the, really what you did uh, in terms of facilitation. Tell us what skills that you developed during that time as an RA. Honestly, I feel like teamwork and collaboration was sort of the biggest thing. I'm always looking for ways to practice that skill. And you have to do it sort of at a lot of different levels. You collaborate with your staff. You collaborate with your residents and you also collaborate with, you know, your RHD and your RHAD. And it's sort of like you got that multi-generational thing happening. <laughs> was there anything that surprised you about being an RA? There was a lot more crafting than I expected. I did a lot of Bolton boarding and I spent so many, so many hours on those Bolton boards. It was a very competitive thing in Third North. I don't know why. <laughs> But it it really, it became like an arms race of bolts and boarding. And I spent a lot of time cutting shapes out and laminating. <laughs> you talk about that kind of camaraderie in Third North. Uh, it's a hard building, right? I mean, the, the, just the physical nature of it with the three towers and the floors don't all connect at every level. How did you kind of gel as a group during that time? Both years, we had an amazing staff community. And I really honestly think that was due to our leadership, but we just really, I don't know, we had a lot of fun together and we made sure to sort of, I wouldn't say like program for ourselves, but we were bonding as a staff was really important to us. And we also had a couple central areas in the building that were cool for us to all like meet and hang out and sort of vent if we were having a resident issue or to study together and try and keep each other accountable. And it just, I don't know. I think it was we just it, good hiring. There you <laughs> I'll go. Say that. Correlation between that and a cast working on a show together? Oh, absolutely. 
you're working towards the same goal, but everybody has their individual parts to play, I would say. So after graduating from NYU, what was your initial time like in the workplace? So most of being an actor in general is applying for jobs. So you spend a lot of time submitting and going on auditions, which are sort of like, you know, interviews, a lot of waiting, (laughs) I would say, and a lot of just sort of blind submitting and hoping that something would pop up, but also like trying to figure out what I was going to do to make money in the meantime. What is the audition process like? Is is it really just taking a resume and headshot and, and putting it in and hoping someone will call you? Or are you doing a lot of cold calls where you open calls where you show up when they post, hey, we're looking for this? I, I'm just not as familiar. I have an MFA in directing a theater from way back in the day. And I'm wondering if things have changed with the use of technology as it relates to auditioning, turning in tapes, et cetera. Things have definitely changed a lot. I would say that there is still, particularly for theater, there's still a lot of in-person auditioning because obviously for theater, you need to be good right then in front of people. For film, particularly at the sort of non-union level, which is where I'm living right now, there's a lot of self-tape auditions. So mostly you're submitting through sort of these submission services. There's Actors Access and Backstage are the two sort of big ones. And if the casting director wants to see your stuff, they'll shoot you instructions. And then you mostly have to shoot from home or to, or go to a studio that does that. So it's a little weird. It's like you don't get a lot of feedback on what you do anymore. And you don't get to make that in-person connection. But you also kind of get to have, do it in the comfort of your own home at your own pace. Do as many takes as you want. Pros and cons. And Sarah, did you have any other artistic projects that you had going on in the side while you were doing all of that submitting and auditioning? I am sort of uh, an, an amateur choreographer, and that's something that I sort of use as a creative outlet. So I've sort of always been tinkering around and improvising in, the, in my very small apartment and, and creating like small pieces like that. And, and do you collaborate a great deal while you're doing this kind of preparation project and some of the side jobs you're doing? Or is it really solo work that you're doing? I'm a company member with a movement-based theater company called Improbable Stage, and we are a collaborative devising situation. So when I do work with them, we sort of set aside a bunch of days to, to like roll around on the floor together and kind of like take some and end tape and be like, oh, we liked it that way. We rolled around the floor and like do that again, you know, and sort of like collaboratively generate things. And then sometimes I'm choreographing by myself and I sort of invite people to let me set things on them. It's great to have a group of people who kind of go on the journey with you, I would imagine. Oh yeah. There it's, I love those artists so, so much. And it has, really been something that's like sustained me because <laughs> you it, you have to do you have to take a lot of things you don't want to take you have there's a lot of sort of rejection and waiting and it's really nice to always like have something that I'm passionate that like exists in my world and that I'm working towards that's amazing Sarah what was your first professional acting job I'm going to count that as the first job I got paid for <laughs> I did a production of three sisters I think I booked that in June of 2012, so not too, too long after I um, I left school. And yeah, that's <laughs> that was it. It was with Anamata Pia Theater Company, started by another NYU alum. 
Is there a rich connection among the NYU alums in the in the arts world? I can't necessarily speak to what the Tisch community is like, but I would say that the Steinhardt Educational Theater community is extremely, extremely giving and generous to one another. And people are always passing opportunities on that they either can't take or think you would be more right for. They're, it's That's a really lovely community. That's great to hear. Tell us what a day in the life of an actress is like, Sarah. So all of them are a little bit different. <laughs> I would say that if you are a theater actor, your day might include getting up very, very early and trekking into Manhattan to go to one of the big audition studios and to either, you know, if you're if you're in the union, be seen at your appointment time or if you're non-union to wait until they have time to see you. And sometimes they don't. (laughs) So you might, you know, spend 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. sitting and then nothing happens. That happens sometimes. Sometimes you do get seen. Sometimes you have an audition appointment, which is awesome. And those are typically about five to 15 minutes. You come into the city, you do your fi- your thing for five to 15 minutes, and then you figure that out. And then on the best days, you get to go to set, you know, or go to rehearsal. And that's what you're doing. It's really a mix. <laughs> is there a difference between the preparation on stage compared to film? Uh, and do you have a preference? I personally think that there's a huge difference. People talk a lot about film versus theater in terms of big and small. But for me, it's the process is the part that's really different because for a theater, the process is baked into the job because you'll have a rehearsal period and you're expected to come in. There's space for you to make mistakes at work. That's when you're supposed to be playing. That's when you're supposed to be, you know, like feeding off the other actors and trying new things. And it's not supposed to be set yet. Whereas when you show up to set for film, because of just like the way film sets work, how much time you have, a lot of times you sort of need to just be ready to go and have done all your homework and still be pliable, but also like you need to be really on top of it and you have to be ready to do it right. So that's like tricky. I personally prefer theater. I like to be able to make mistakes. Yeah, me too. Uh, So Sarah, what is it like to self-produce work and the work that you're doing now? I can't speak a ton to self-producing theater, but I can speak a little bit to self-producing film. And it's really about, honestly, finding good collaborators and people who are really excited about what you're producing, because usually you can't pay them if, if it's coming out of your own pocket or your crowdfunding. Usually you have to sort of pay them a little less depending on what level you're at and that you really want the passion to be underneath that. I would say that (laughs) I recently produced my first film in 2017 and it was for a monthly short film challenge that the Actors Green Room, which is an acting studio, used to host. So we had a month to make this thing. And that was kind of a crazy first try because (laughs) we had a time crunch. But also I was the lead in that film And I would probably not do that to myself ever again, (laughs) because that was a lot of different hats to wear at once. I think it's just about having good people to there, figuring out people you can delegate things to and who can support you in in the direction that you're trying to go. So you actually wrote that, produced it and starred in it. So I didn't write it. (laughs) That I did outsource actually to my very good friend, Rog Harshavat, who was an RA with me at Third North and is a screenwriter in LA. So (laughs) we sort of came, he's written for me before. We've collaborated 
before. And he sort of has a sense of like what I do well. And I gave him a concept and was like, these are the kinds of things I'd like to see. And he wrote it and then we shot it. Wow, that's amazing. And what about new works of theater compared to longstanding works with a national reputation? What is the process of doing that like and what are the differences? It's, you know, it's funny is it's been kind of a long time. New plays are really my favorite thing to do. So I seek those things, those opportunities out. Doing a play that's already established, there are, there are already expectations put on it because people have seen it. And there's sort of always like a seminal production that people think back to. And so you can put your spin on it, but only to a certain degree. Whereas with a brand new work, particularly if you're originating a character, which is my favorite it gets to be molded sort of in in your mold and that's really fun and you get to depending on like how involved the playwright is you get to sort of make adjustments to your dialogue and ask questions and help to make the play better as you go it's just a lot more collaborative i think sounds like a fun process to be able to create you know a character from i wouldn't say scratch but certainly working with the playwright it sounds like a great opportunity let's talk a little bit about branding you know, I, I think that seems to be one of the big things that is really put on the actor today than I think in previous times where people had their um, their person who represented them. And I think a lot more times young actors and actresses starting out are actually representing themselves with some kind of brand they're creating either through YouTube or some other kind of vehicle. Is that kind of on target? And if so... How does one approach that process of creating your brand? I would say there's truth to that. I think that there's a, there are pros and cons to that, right? Like it, before you, you kind of needed an agent to get out there and now you can do a lot more for yourself. But that also means you have to do a lot more for yourself. So it's a double-edged sword. I would say that social media plays a big part. A lot of actors who take their craft very seriously get kind of cringy about that. But I personally, I have a lot of fun on Instagram. I think it's, I think whatever platform you can embrace and sort of have fun on and showcasing yourself, that's really great. I think that it's a lot about sort of just knowing what you do well. I think that's a lot of what what branding is. I don't love the term brand and feels like very commodified, but like, I, I think like essence is a nicer way that I've heard people put it. And that, that feels a little softer, but sort of just figuring out sort of like what things about you are really unique and what things you'd really like to share with other people. And the industry is moving away from type and closer to essence, which is kind of nice embracing people, embracing people a little more fully. That's great. What advice do you have for graduating RAs who want to pursue acting? So my two biggest pieces of advice are get comfortable making your own work, mostly because auditioning, like you're just not going to book as many everything. And you, if you want to be constantly working, you can make those opportunities for yourself. And when you make those opportunities for yourself, you can write a character or propose a character for somebody else to write. That's exactly what you want you don't often get to make those kind of dictations. So I think that's one thing I would really recommend. And I would also say sort of on a more spiritual level that you should go towards what you love. I think that the industry can be really hard, as I said earlier. And so find something that's going to sustain you and ground you in why you chose to do this in the first place. 
I can imagine passion does drive you on those days where it may not seem as it's all worth it, uh, but then you pick yourself up from your bootstraps and step right back into it. Yeah, I, I'll never forget this. My voice teacher, also an NYU alum, when I booked my first national tour, he told me, make sure that you really soak it in because that is going to feed you for a long time. And so I think about like when I'm in moments, just really soaking it in so that it can feed me later. <laughs> yeah, that's important. You, you, you really do have to feed your own soul at times. Yeah. What work are you most proud of as of today? The film that I told you about earlier that Rog and I collaborated on, it's called Corpse Pose. It's a horror film. And even though it was the first film I ever produced, people responded really well to it. So we submitted it to festivals and it got over 20 acceptances and is currently available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Outstanding. Well, I'll have my wife watch it because she's an Amazon Prime uh, member. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's just type in Corpse Pose Film and you'll be able to find it. It'll come up. So that's something I'm really proud of. We'll put that in the notes too for, for our uh, listeners. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely. Sarah, do you stay in contact, you mentioned Rob already, but other RA alums? And if so, this is a time for you to shout out those colleagues. All right. I am so excited to shout out. All right. <laughs> I still stay in touch with Rog Harshavat, who I mentioned. I also stay in touch with the so, so wonderful Max Chavez, who lives out in L.A., but is actually about to go go to NYU London to pursue a master's. Yeah, I'm so excited for him. And my dear friend, Krisha Merkowitz, who is doing public health advocacy out in Arizona. And not a third North RA, but my friend Leanne Tomasetti, who is an RA at alumni, actually. I remember Leanne, <laughs> yes. I'm about to be in her wedding party. So. Uh that's awesome to hear. She's a high school theater teacher at Hunter College High School. Wow, right up the street. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, now it's time for speed round, as we call it. And I'll let Gabby start. Favorite tradition at NYU? Welcome week, specifically guess the straight person. Did you, the great one. Did you go abroad while you were here? I didn't. I wish I did. Most influential professor? Joe Salvatore. Ah, I love Joe. Uh, <laughs> best dining hall? Kimmel or new Palladium, probably old Palladium to people now, but it was new Palladium back then. <laughs> yes, it is old now. <laughs> Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? I saw Peter Dinklage at Sundays and Cones, which is right around the corner from Third North. And it's still there and I frequent it often. Finally, uh, Sarah, what was your most memorable RA experience? Oh my gosh, I was having a really hard time picking just one. But we took a trip to the zoo on Cinco de Mayo, and we called the program Cinco de Zuo, and that's what keeps love sticking in my brain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with us to speak about your journey and what you've been doing since you graduated. As always, thanks to our listeners who can better learn about what happens to former RAs at NYU and how they are making their dreams realities. Sarah, thanks so much for taking some time to be with us. Uh, you know, it's inspirational to hear students who dedicate their years to create a, a passion for themselves in something and then live it. So congratulations for what you're doing. And I can't wait to see your name on lots of different screens and lots of Broadway screens as well. Thank you so much. It was such a joy to speak with both of you. Thanks. And special thanks to our engineer, Juliana Fonseca Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU assisted in their great skill acquisition along the way, such as Chris 
and Will and Stacy. And until next time we chat, let's go out there and make the best of this world and make it better for those around.